who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass that is critical because you have a personality. I have a personality. We all have unique personalities. And today's audio masterclass is how to decide what type of business to start based on your personality, your personality, Fire Nation. So who are we going to bring on to talk about this? Well, Ryan Levesque. He's the CEO of the Ask Method Company and the number one national bestselling author of Ask, which was named by Inc. as the number one marketing book of the year. He's also a co-founder and investor in Bucket.io, which is a leading marketing funnel software for entrepreneurs. And his latest book is Choose, which helps readers avoid making the single biggest mistake when starting a business. And he guides them through answering all the important questions like, what type of business should you start? So Fire Nation, we're going to dive in with Ryan as soon as we get back from thinking our sponsor. When it comes to hiring, you can save time and get more qualified candidates fast with ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Ryan, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. What's up, Fire Nation? John, I'm super excited to be here, my man. And you know, one thing that people don't know about me until they get to know me a little bit better is that I am a total A-fool. Now, I did not say A-hole, <laughs> A-fool, which is an acronym that stands for Adult Fan of Lego. I'm a huge Lego fan. Um, my two boys and I are super obsessed with Lego, and so um, I could talk about Lego all day, every day. Um, I I'm an A-fool. <laughs> I actually did not know that. I've known you for a long time now, so that's pretty cool to know, and it must be something super awesome and just neat to kind of share with your son or your kids growing up because it's just something that you okay. can kind of be a kid together in. And Fire Nation, that's kind of one thing that we're going to be talking about today is be you. Be you. Like, what is your personality? And, and if you're not being authentic or genuine to who you are at the core, it comes across, whether it's through a podcast or a video or fill in the blank. So that's why I'm bringing Ryan Levesque on the show today to talk about how to decide what type of business to start based on your personality. This is the audio masterclass that we're bringing to you today. You heard me talk a little more about it in the intro because this guy has done it all and he is crushing it. So we're going to be rocking and rolling on this topic and just dropping value bombs for you left and right. So before we kind of kick into the main content, Ryan, and I know EO Fire, Fire Nation is familiar with you from episode 926 and 1354. Now we're well into the 2000s. So it's been a little while. So give us a quick rundown about who you are, how you got started and what's been going on in your world the last year or two. Yeah. So, you know, like most people, I was actually a listener of your show and um, I had this dream. I was working a corporate job. I wanted to make $10,000 a month in passive income. That was like my dream. And I said, if I can make that amount of money, I would retire. I'd never want to work another day of my life. And so I quit my job. This is back in 2008. Quit my job. And my first business, I'll talk a little bit about this, uh, didn't quite go according to plan. Um, but my second business went from zero to $25,000 a month in 18 months. Whoa. And from there, I launched another business that went to half a million dollars a year in less than a year. And I went on to launch 23 different businesses in different markets. And just last year, um, at the time of this uh, recording, we just passed $10 million across wow. all of those businesses and landed on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing companies in America. And we're gonna talk a little bit about um, if you wanna kind of achieve those similar results, some of the lessons I've learned along the way, mistakes I've learned, um, and uh, some of the biggest mistakes I see people who are trying to start their first business 
make when they're at that early stage. Well, I'm really fired up to talk about this. I mean, we were talking pre-interview chat about Puerto Rico a little bit because you've been down here. You actually ran a huge mastermind down here that was super cool that I was mm-hmm. able to be a part of and kind of be involved with. And it's super cool. And usually I say to people, hey, when you're reaching that kind of money, it's time to keep the money you make, Ryan, and move to Puerto Rico. But I know you're really entrenched <laughs> in Austin. You're doing great things there. So keep it up, brother. This is exciting times. And one thing I kind of want to move into next is what people make right now as their single biggest mistake before they actually start their business. Because like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people are coming to this show and they're listening and they're kind of in that pre-stage or maybe they're in the mix right now. They haven't quite got that traction they're looking for. And there's a reason for that because they're probably making a pretty big mistake. So break that down for us. Yeah. So, you know, I talk to first time entrepreneurs, people who want to be their own boss. They want to start their own thing. They want to, you know, launch their own business. And I see time and time again, people making the same biggest mistake. And the biggest mistake is this. They start by asking the wrong question. I see people obsessed over trying to figure out the answer to what, what type of business should I start? What should I create? What should I build? When the reality is, The question that you want to first start thinking about is not what, it's who. Who are you going to serve? Who is your niche? Who is your market? Now, the what will come, but the who is the foundation on which everything else is built. In fact, it's so important that I decided to spend the last three years in the biggest research project of my life teaching the methodology that I use to choose the 23 different markets that I went into and coach other first-time entrepreneurs through that process of deciding what type of business to start, beginning with that question of who. So I'm a big fan of this because you need to put in the work, Fire Nation, and actually put in the study. And when Ryan says, hey, this is his biggest research study of his life, that's not a small statement. This isn't a guy that's doing his first study. He has done a lot of these at a very huge level. So the fact that he's put in this much time this much effort on this study speaks volumes. And I really want to kind of get into this study and learn from him and with you, Fire Nation, about what he came up with. But for first and foremost, I just want to reiterate what he said. And I love this so much. The what will come, Fire Nation. Who is your foundation? That is the foundation. It's who you are, that personality. So I really want you to be thinking about this. And Ryan, as you were kind of going through this research, like talk about that a little bit. And it led you to then write the book that we mentioned in the intro, which is Choose. So talk about this research. Talk about what made you decide to write this book. Why now? The first book that I published, which was called Ask, is a marketing methodology to figure out exactly what your customers want to buy and how to give it to them. In fact, it was the subject of the first interview that you and I ever did together. And the book went on to be very successful. Um, it's, as you mentioned, it sold hundreds of thousands of copies. It was a number one national bestseller. It was rated by Inc. and Entrepreneurs, their, their top marketing book of the year. Um, but what I realized in writing that book was that uh, despite the fact that a lot of people were getting success with the methodology, I kept getting letters from readers who kept telling me, Ryan, I followed what you teach to the letter and yet it didn't work. And it frustrated me. I said, well, what did I do wrong? What did I miss? Did I not do a good job of teaching something? Where did I go wrong? And as I started digging in deeper and deeper, I realized that there was a common thread among virtually every single one of those failures. They all chose bad markets. And there's a metaphor that I like to use to explain how important this choice is. 
you know, it's sort of like starting a business is sort of like putting your, uh, uh, putting a raft, like a whitewater raft, like a raft in the river. And when you are starting a business and you put that raft in the river, you can have the absolute best raft in the world. You can have the best equipment in the world. You can have the best crew manning that equipment. Um, you could row 18 hours a day. You could bust your butt and kill yourself. But if you put that raft facing in the wrong direction in the river, you're never going to get to your destination. Or worse yet, if you put that same raft with that same crew, with the same effort and energy into a river with no water, you're never going to get to where you want to go. And I kept seeing the same mistake over and over again. People had the best equipment. They had the best methodology, but they were putting their raft in a river that was never going to get them to where they want to go. And I realized that the big mistake that I made was I didn't teach. I, I explained how I had success in 23 different markets using this ask method. But what I never, never taught, John, was how I chose those 23 markets in the first place. And so I spent the last three years dissecting that process understanding the common trends between the successful markets that I went into, the ones that were failures. I then went through the process of working with literally thousands of entrepreneurs that we work with our students in our business to coach them through that same process and eventually arrived at a framework that people are now using to launch and grow successful businesses, all starting with that single most important decision before starting your business, which is deciding what river you're going to put your raft in. In other words, what your market is. What is your who? So critical. I mean, Fire Nation, when you choose the wrong markets, the time, the energy, the effort, the bandwidth, the finances that are wasted, it's absolutely brutal. And it crushes so many entrepreneurs. I mean, I have a list of entrepreneurs who, by the way, have been on the show and were rocking at the time. And then that next step they took was in that wrong boat in the wrong direction. And they really had to work hard to recover from that because even at their level of success, that wrong direction really hurt for all those reasons I just mentioned. And people love saying this, Ryan. They love saying, John, I'm busting my butt. I am going a million miles an hour right now. Well, guess what? Going a million miles an hour in the wrong direction is a million miles in the wrong direction. So just realize right. that, Fire Nation. It's not just how hard you're working. It's, hey, are you getting the foundation right? And that's why I love how you said that, Ryan. Who is the foundation? Let's get that foundation right. So Fire Nation, we're going to be talking about this more in depth towards the end of the interview. But of course, I just want to mention this now because Ryan's book, Choose, it's going to be that step-by-step -step process that we're going to be going through the rest of this chat today. He has over $200 worth of bonuses as well, including the audiobook. Um, the top 25 lucrative niche markets for 2019. So this is super now. This is super relevant. Um, he has a launch your business mindset training. And that's all for free if you go over to eofire.com slash choose and grab this book, Fire Nation. Um, you get all those bonuses for free. So eofire.com slash choose. Again, we'll be talking about this throughout the rest of the interview and what this means, but I wanted to drop that in now for people that are already fired up. So let's break this down, Ryan. Who is this book for specifically? You know, John, I'll, I'll read you just a, a very brief uh, uh, dedication that I started this book with. And I think it will explain exactly who this book is for. And so this is what I this is exactly what I wrote word for it. I said, if you've ever had the crazy dream to start your own business, if you've ever dreamed of doing your own thing, if you've ever failed or lost it all on something in a quest to shake the status quo, if you have something right now that is changing the world, but you don't know where to take it next, or if you're simply trying to figure out what you want to do, 
and who you want to be when you grow up, this is the book I wish someone had written when I was where you are right now. In short, this book right here is for you. So if you hear that and you resonate with anything that I just said, this is the book that I think is going to help transform your life. It's going to help transform your business. And it's something like I mentioned that I put my heart and soul into. And uh, I'm just really excited to, to get into as many people's hands as, as possible. So um, this book is for anyone who's dreamed of being their own boss, starting their own business, doing their own thing. Um, and uh, anyone who, you know, like me, is still trying to figure out what you want to do when you grow up. What I love that you broke down here is there are four types of people who want to start their business. You yes. have the mission-based, you have the passion-based, you have the opportunity-based, and then you have the undecided. Let's go through those four types now and kind of expound upon those topics. In the research that, that I did, I realized that there, there are really sort of four buckets of people who are looking to start their own business. And, and you kind of broke, you explained them one by one, and I'll walk you through each of these um, in a little bit more detail. So mission-based, what does that mean exactly? Um, mission-based uh, people are people who, I like to say they have a cause that they would die on the hill for. Um, they have something that they believe in so passionately, they have to, um, uh, they want to get it out there in the world. Um, I'll give you an example. So one of the uh, stories that I share in the book is of Christy Kennedy. So Christy, um, her mission in life is to rid elementary schools of bullying. And the reason why she's so passionate about this is she has a son who is autistic, who was bullied tremendously oh. when he was younger. She has a husband who was bullied when he was a kid that manifested itself in terrible ways as an, as, as an adult. And she realized that there is this, this vicious cycle that never ends, right? The bullies at school are typically the ones who were bullied at home by parents and, and elder siblings who are then themselves bullied. And it's just this terrible cycle. And she said, I want to get rid of this cycle. And so she created an entire business around this that has become a traveling school assembly that's now, I think, reached 10,000 schools around America. So she just started with this mission. So mission-based entrepreneurs are typically people who want to move the world away from something, right? They want to they want to fight breast cancer. They want to fight bullying. They want to they have a, a cause on the hill that they would die for. So that's the first type. Now it's in contrast with the passion-based entrepreneur. Passion-based entrepreneurs are different in the sense that they have typically a hobby, a passion, um, some sort of thing that they absolutely love that they want to transform into a business. So passion-based entrepreneurs are like Charlie Wallace, a story I tell in the book. Charlie was a, a, a traveling guitarist, a musician, part of a band. He was a broke musician, um, sleeping on you know mattresses on the floor, and he realized, I'm never going to be able to make it doing what I'm doing. I'm going to start teaching guitar lessons online. So he created an online uh, training program on how to uh, learn to play guitar. Well, fast forward to today, a few years later, and he took his business from basically nothing to two and a half million dollars a year, teaching people how to play guitar online. So passion-based entrepreneurs, in contrast to the mission-based, they wanna move the world toward the thing that they love, whether it's painting, whether it's gardening, whether it's guitar, whether it's um, Lego um, or anything like that. Now, opportunity-based entrepreneurs are a little different. These are kind of like the most classic entrepreneurs in the sense of the word. Opportunity-based entrepreneurs are people who they, 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 they ask themselves, they see something in the world and they say, how is it that nobody has created a solution to this yet, right? They see something and they're like, I cannot believe nobody has created this. I'm going to do this thing. An example that I, a story that I share in the book is Dana Obelman. Dana and her husband Mike, they had young kiddos. Um, and like most parents, if you're listening to this right now and you're a parent, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Young kiddos um, who weren't sleeping through the night. 
They're just you know, waking up three, four times in the middle of the night. They're not getting any sleep. And they're saying, we've got to do something about it. So they started researching the science behind getting young children to sleep. And they developed something called the Sleep Sense Method. And they've now helped something like 100,000 parents around the world wow. get their kids to um, sleep through the night. They've been featured on Good Morning America. They've been featured all over national media. Um, and they've been doing this for almost 10 years. And so they weren't someone that, you know, um, it wasn't a passion. It wasn't a mission. It was just they saw this opportunity one day that like, how is it that nobody has solved this problem? We're going to solve this problem. The last type is uh, the undecided entrepreneur. And this is actually the bucket that I found myself into when I started my first business. So my first business, the one that um, succeeded for a little while and then failed was teaching people how to make Scrabble tile jewelry. So jewelry with um, Scrabble tiles and origami paper. My second business was in the orchid care space, teaching people how to care for their uh, their orchids. Third one was in teaching people how to improve their memory um, and speed read. And so um, I was very much undecided like many people are. And for the undecided entrepreneur, the, the, the trick that I recommend people think about is, and it's a mistake that I see people fall, fall into, is instead of trying to figure out what your life's passion, your forever business is going to be. Instead, start with a practice business, right? Sort of like when we learned to, to drive a car, most of us didn't learn how to drive in our dream car, right? We learned in an old beater, maybe it was a hand-me-down car, maybe it was our parents' car, maybe it was a friend's car. It wasn't our forever car, but that's where we got practice. And similarly, it's important to learn the steps involved with starting a business. Now, if you have something you know you want to do, by all means, make that your thing. But if you're stuck and you're undecided, relieve yourself of the pressure of trying to figure out what your life's passion is going to be for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Start with the practice business, focus on the process of starting the business, and then you'll be able to transfer the skills you accumulate into whatever next thing you start after that. So those are the four types. And um, you know, it's really cool in the book, we have um, uh, an assessment that helps you identify not only what type of entrepreneur you should start, uh, what type of entrepreneur you are, but also what type of business you should start based on not only which of those four buckets you fall into, but also taking into account things like your personality, if you're more extroverted or more introverted. Your lifestyle goals, what's most important to you? Is it location freedom, uh, freedom of time, financial freedom? Um, the resources that you have, are you funding this business yourself? Are you borrowing money? Um, are you raising money through investors? Um, you know, your, 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 you know uh, uh, your experience level, what, what sort of experience you have coming into this? So we take all of these different factors and we have this assessment in the book to help you get some clarity on what type of business you should start based on uh, each of those elements. So Fire Nation, let's run down these real quick. We got mission-based, that's a cause that you would die on a hill for. I love that phrase. Passion-based, what are you gonna move the world towards something that you love? Like move that world towards something that you love. Opportunity-based, how has no one created a solution for this yet? And by the way, Fire Nation, I'm raising my hand. I was a podcast listener back in 2010, 2011, and I was like, how has nobody created a daily podcast interviewing successful entrepreneurs 
opportunity base. I stepped into that void. Here we are, 2,000 plus episodes later. I'm still rocking and rolling. As you as you heard Ryan mention earlier in the episode, he was a listener and got some inspiration, motivation, direction from this as well. So see that opportunity base as a great as a great way to go. And then the undecided, you just test a bunch of stuff out and you see what sticks. And again, he mentioned that there's that free assessment in the book. That's critical, Fire Nation. And there's so many value bombs that have been dropped. I'm not tempted at all, but we could stop the interview right here. And this would be an incredible (laughs) interview. But Fire Nation, we have some incredible things coming up. We're going to be talking about the five market must-haves and so much more as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsor. Being an entrepreneur is like having multiple jobs at once. That's why it's important to leverage tools that do things efficiently. And when it comes to hiring, that tool is Zip Recruiter. But don't take my word for it. Meet Dylan, owner of Cafe Altura. Dylan needed a director of coffee, someone who could buy coffee beans, roast them, and taste them for quality control. This combination of skills made finding the right person challenging, and the job boards he was using delivered tons of unqualified applicants, making the process time-consuming. That changed when he switched to ZipRecruiter. Their candidate rating feature gave Dylan more control. He was able to review applications and quickly hone in on the most relevant candidates. Using ZipRecruiter, Dylan found his new director of coffee in a little over a week. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Fire. Once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Ryan, we're back. And again, we've been dropping value bombs left and right. Fire Nation knows they can head over to eofire.com slash choose and not just jump in and snag the book for just shipping, but they can also get the bonuses. That's over $200 in bonuses, the audio book, the top 25 lucrative niche markets for 2019, and so much more. Again, we'll be elaborating a little bit more on this later on, Fire Nation, but let's break into the next thing that I teased right before we went to the break, which is the five market must-haves. What are those? You know, John, so when I was doing this research, I looked at all of the markets I went into that we were successful in. I also looked at all of our failures. Then I looked at all of my clients and students and looked at where they were successful and the students that failed. And just like inspired by uh, Jim Collins' work, if you read his work, Good to Great, Great by Choice, any of his books, um, really studying what separated successful companies from non-successful, unsuccessful companies. And what we discovered was that there were five specific elements that every market must have if you want to have a chance at being as successful as possible. And so we call them the five market must-haves, and they're as follows. So number one is a market that is evergreen. And what I mean by that is a market that's going to be relevant 10 years from now, it was relevant 10 years ago, and it's going to be relevant most likely 100 years from now. Now, I learned this mistake the first business I started. I mentioned it to you, the uh, teaching people how to make jewelry with Scrabble tiles and origami paper. Um, that business, we grew up from nothing to a few thousand dollars a month in just a few, uh, just a few months. Um, but as quickly as we grew that business, it disappeared overnight because I realized that this whole Scrabble tile jewelry thing was a fad. It was just a craze for a very brief amount of time, like Beanie Babies, like Pokemon Go, like any of these things, um, and it disappeared overnight. So that next business I went into, the orchid care market, I chose it because I looked at what was the longest, oldest hobby in America. And by most measures, you're gonna find that it's gardening. 
And something like over 200 million Americans uh, garden. They consider gardening as, as one of their hobbies. Um, it, gardening has been a thing for the last 100 years. It's most likely going to be a thing in some way, shape, or form for the next 100 years. So I figured it was a pretty safe bet. And uh, so you want to be looking at an evergreen market as opposed to a, a trending or a fad market. Um, another cautionary tale that I share in the book is take a look at Bitcoin. Right. So Bitcoin um, at the time of this recording, gosh, maybe a year, year and a half ago, you could not turn the co a corner without someone talking about Bitcoin, Bitcoin, this Bitcoin, that. I mean, the, the, the woman who cuts my hair was talking about Bitcoin. And that was like the, the that's the telltale sign that, oh, gosh, we're in the middle of a bubble. <laughs> um, and if you look, you can use Google Trends. It's a free tool. Just go to trends.google.com to type in keywords, and that's a key thing that I teach how to do in this book, to identify markets that are either trending up, trending down, are cyclical, so they're up and down, or they're stable. And if you look at the Bitcoin market, you'll see it goes up, 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 up in keyword volume, meaning everybody in the world is searching for, key, for, for about Bitcoin. And then when that price dropped, it just shoots down like a rock to the bottom of a swimming pool. And that is an indication that that's a market you want to avoid. So first one is evergreen market. Now, uh, second one is, uh, is an enthusiast market. What do, we mean, what do I mean by that? There are a lot of evergreen markets out there. They're what are called problem solution markets. In other words, markets that people solve a problem and they want to move on with their life. An example would be something like uh, mold removal. Right. That's a perfect example. Like in, in, in Puerto Rico, like all the damage that happened. Right. Someone who had a home that was um, uh, devastated by water damage. What do they do? They want to bring a company in to help remove the water damage, fix it. And then they want to move on with their life. They don't want to sign up for an email newsletter about uh, water damage secrets or tips. They don't want to join any clubs online talking about this for the next, you know, five, 10 years of their life. Um, they want to solve the problem and move on. Now, in contrast, an enthusiast market is a market in which someone may solve a problem, but they stay a customer in that market for years and years and years. In other words, a market that you can sell many things to the same customer. Perfect example is the dog market. For anybody listening to this, if you've got a dog, I've got a dog, we've got a dog, family dog. So um, I know this for a fact. Dog owners are crazy. Right. Dog owners, what do we do? We spend money on on puppy toys, on puppy uh, uh, potty training, on obedience training, on collars and bowls and food and pet insurance and Christmas ornaments and T-shirts with the dog's face on it and toys and so on and so forth. We spend crazy amounts of money. and We stay customers in this market for years and years and years. What you're looking for are markets that you can sell multiple things to the same customer over time. So that's the second one, enthusiast market. Third one, and this is key, you're looking to solve what's called an urgent problem within the context of an enthusiast market. You're specifically looking for something that people need to solve immediately. So let's take an example, dog market. A bad example would be focusing on solving doggy, uh, selling doggy mugs with pictures of the, the dog on it. Why? Because getting a doggy mug is not an urgent problem that people need solving immediately. An urgent problem would be how to potty train your puppy. Think about this. Someone just brought a new puppy home. The puppy, they love the puppy to death. They want to hug the puppy. They love the puppy, kissing the puppy. But the puppy has a problem. The puppy pees on the carpet every hour. 
And it is a big problem, right? Because it's just never going away. It's frustrating, peeing on the carpet, peeing on the sofa. And you're looking to solve a problem that has that level of urgency to solve where someone will go online and say, how do I fix this? How do I solve this? And the reason this is important is you're looking for a problem that people don't have high price sensitivity to solve. They get to a point where they say, I'm not gonna worry about saving 10 bucks or 20 bucks on a potty training solution. I'm just gonna buy the darn thing because honey, we gotta fix this thing. Like this cannot go on any longer. Same thing with Dana Obelman's business, getting the kids to sleep through the night. That reaches a point where if you've had kiddos and you, you know what I'm talking about, where you and your spouse, you and your partner are just not sleeping, you wanna fix that immediately. Like you do not want a single day to go by without uh, that being resolved. So evergreen market, enthusiast market, urgent problem. That's number three. Number four, John, is future problems. You're specifically looking for a market that once you solve that first problem, it's the success is going to lead to another problem that needs to be solved. Perfect example, like in your market, right? You help um, and serve aspiring entrepreneurs, and successful entrepreneurs, right? And if you think about the entrepreneur market, people solve one problem, maybe figuring out what market to go into. Well, the next problem that they have is, okay, I've decided what market I wanna go into. Um, how do I build my email list? Totally. How do I create my first product? How do I expand my reach? How do I make my first hire? And there's a whole set of problems that occur through the success of solving the previous problem. So that's number four. And the last one, John, is a phrase that I learned from the late, great Gary Halbert, one of the greatest direct response copywriters of all time. It's finding a market that's filled with what we call PWMs. Players with money. Players with money. You know it, man. <laughs> Players with money. You don't want one of the mistakes I made early in my career, that market that I went into, the memory improvement market, I learned this the hard way. It was a great, great business, super successful product, except for the fact that our customers were predominantly broke grad students, people who are studying for um, a standardized tests and undergrads, so studying for the MCAT, studying, studying for the LSAT. Um, they needed to memorize a whole bunch of information. They're attracted to our solution. And I don't know about you, but when I was at college, I had a couple hundred dollars in my bank account at most at any one time. <laughs> I did not have money to go online to buy a $200 course on how to improve my memory just was not in the cards for me. So um, you wanna focus on a market that's filled with PWMs. Now it's not to say that you're selling to billionaires. You wanna focus on a market that people spend a disproportionate amount of income in that area of their life. Classic example is golf, right? Golfers spend crazy amounts of money. Uh, dog owners are filled with PWMs. People who just, they'll go broke to put everything into their dog. Like they'll put a you know, doggy operation, $10,000 to save Done. a little furry friend. Done, exactly, you know? Five-star hotels, doggy flights, doggy <laughs> resorts. I mean, anything for Fido, right? Um, so you're looking for markets that have evidence of PWMs. And those are the five market must-haves. Boom, Fire Nation, let's rip through these real quick because they're critical to really understand. Evergreen, was it relevant 10 years ago? Is it going to be relevant 10 years from now? That's key for that evergreen market. The enthusiast, once you get a customer, are you going to be able to keep them as a customer for years, sell multiple things to that same customer over time? Number three, that urgent problem. This is a problem that needs to be solved now. And then future problems, where the success you're going to give somebody is going to lead to another problem. And then PWM players with money. Does your target market have disposable income? 
Are they willing to invest in that problem and that solution? Like, think about that, Fire Nation. These are five key things to chat about. But the reality is this, Ryan, even when we kind of go through that point and we check off those blocks and we're getting through this process, there's still a couple other pretty big mistakes that people make when choosing a market. So let's talk about them because I've seen it happen firsthand. I've done one of these specifically um, fairly recently. So I mean, like I'm always here, I'm always learning. So take that away. Let's break it down for Fire Nation. There are two other mistakes I'll talk, there are a couple more, but there are two in particular that I'd like to touch on. And both of these I, I talk about extensively in the book. And the first one is going into a market that's either too big or too small. And I liken it to the boat metaphor that we talked about, sort of like you have your raft, right? And one mistake that I see people make is uh, they go into a market that there's not enough water in the river, right? It's that little trickling stream and they're not going to get anywhere. But similarly, just as big of a problem is putting your boat into a raging river that you're going to be swallowed up in. I see people with their tiny little boat, they go into this vast ocean of a market where they're just going to be swallowed up whole. And so one of the things, this is one of the single biggest discoveries um, of my entire life, John, is, is something I, I was debating. We were debating literally for months if we were going to share this in the book. It was, it was so powerful. What we did is this. I started taking a look using that Google Trends tool at every single one of my most successful markets, my students' most successful markets, my clients' most successful markets. And I also looked at the failures, the one, my markets that failed, uh, the ones that I, that I lost money in. Um, the ones where my clients lost money in. And what I found was staggering. We found that for selling specifically information or education and expertise, so what you do, what I do, selling digital courses, memberships, um, doing live events, uh, doing coaching, consulting, masterminds, any form of selling education and expertise, every single one of the successful businesses on Google Trends all fit within a very specific keyword volume range. Like it was uncanny how similar they were to one another. We just kept typing in keyword after keyword and finding that they all fit within this narrow range. And so um, it was something that I wasn't sure if I was going to share because it was really truly like this, this, this incredibly powerful secret. And what I decided to share were what we call the Rosetta Stone keywords. These were specific keywords from my most successful markets from my clients' most successful markets that you can type into Google Trends and use as a benchmark to see the market you're thinking about going into, does it fit within that same narrow band or is it too big or is it too small? So that's the first big mistake, market size. Second big mistake is a level of competition. Now, there's a phrase that I want to use here that I think is incredibly powerful. It's something one of my mentors taught me and it's, it stood out in a huge way. So on one hand, um, people tend to shy away from markets that are too competitive, like too many competitors. Um, but similarly, I see another mistake that people make is they have this idea to start a business. They do a little research and they say, oh, someone else is already doing this. I guess it means I can't do it, right? Um, another mistake I see people make is they see something, they come up with an idea, they do a little research online and they say, nobody's doing this. That must be great. Like I've, 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 <laughs> here's the reality, right? As smart as we may think we are right with 8 billion other people on this planet, chances are you are not the first person to have that idea. It is actually more likely that someone else has tried that thing already 
and they have failed. And that's why there's no evidence of that thing. So the phrase that I want to share, uh, John, is as follows. Remember this. Pioneers get shot. Settlers get rich. If you look at the most successful companies of our time, you look at Facebook, you look at Google, you look at Apple, none of those companies was the first to market. Google was not the first search engine. Facebook was not the first social media platform. Apple was not the first uh, 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 purveyor of, uh, of smartphones or MP3 players. They found markets and they built a better mousetrap. So this is the secret you want to be looking for. You want to be looking for a market where you see competitors succeeding in spite of themselves. You want to find a market where you see people doing something and you say, oh my gosh, if I just make that a little bit better, if I just do this thing slightly differently, I think we can dominate. But you do not want to go into a market where there is no competition. You do not want to go into a market where there's too much competition. You want to, just like the market size, you want to have a market competition sweet spot that you're looking for. And that's one of the things I teach in the book is how to measure that sweet spot. And I'll give a hint to what it is, John. The hint is you're looking at the level of advertising being spent online. You're specifically measuring the amount of advertising being spent online in that area. And that gives you the sweet spot you're looking for uh, when it comes to deciding what market to go into. Fire Nation, Ryan just dropped my favorite quotes of the entire interview right here. Are competitors succeeding despite themselves? I mean, for me, that was just like this huge like, oh man, like, look at your competition. Like, are they fumbling around or like, are they just like putting up average content, but they're still winning at a high level and you can come in, swoop in and just quickly be best in show. And of course you're going to gobble up all that market share. I mean, that's the goal. That's what you're looking for. Are competitors succeeding despite themselves? I love that for so many reasons. So now let's really bring this home, Ryan. Let's talk about the opportunity we have for Fire Nation today with your book, Choose. Break it down for us. Yeah, you know, John, you will always have a special place in my heart for a number of reasons, uh, one of which was when I when you invited me onto your show um, when um, uh, to talk about Ask. Um, nobody knew who I was. The book was you know, very little known. Um, and uh, we did a, a, a giveaway to your audience and it was you know, wildly successful. And so I wanted to do something. I want to do something similar here. And that's this uh, for listeners of this show. Um, I want to give away uh, to you a free hardcover copy of the book. I'll ship it to anywhere in the world. All I ask is that you pay a, a small shipping and handling fee just to cover the postage. And then in addition to that, as John mentioned, I'm also going to hook you up with over $200 in free bonuses. Um, because I know you are a podcast listener, if you're listening to this right now, one of those bonuses that I wanted to throw in is a free copy of the audiobook. So if you're the type of person that likes to listen to stuff in the car, when you're working out, when you're on the go, uh, I'm just going to throw that in for free. Uh, I'm also going to hook you up with my top 25 most lucrative niches for 2019. These are the businesses I would be going into right now if I didn't have my hands full with this book. <laughs> um, I'm also going to give you a, a training that I did for some of my highest level clients, which is a launch your business mindset training. So I find when we're starting a business, there's a whole bunch of head trash that we have, like fear of failure, analysis paralysis, overthinking things, self-confidence issues, questioning ourselves, self-doubt. And I'm going to share with you 17 of my most powerful mental hacks to overcome that 
that mental head trash that that I suffer from, that we all suffer from. Um, and so over $200 in free bonuses, John gave the link. I think it's eofire.com forward slash choose. Only able to do this for a limited time, um, but I wanted to do this something special for you as a listener and, of course, uh, John, to give back for all the all the positive impact you've had in my life uh, by producing the show, putting this great content out here. I'm a listener. Uh, for anyone listening to this right now, I learn from every single one of uh, uh, John's episodes. Uh, I've been a student of John's for, for many years, since 2011. Um, so uh, it's an honor to be able to share this um, with you um, on this interview. And likewise, because Fire Nation, there are just areas of expertise that Ryan has and research that he does um, and has this knowledge that I would never have gained without him. And I've applied it to my business and it's been great. So together, by exchanging this information, by exchanging these value bombs, Fire Nation, both Ryan and myself have benefited. And it's because we take action. And so I want you to take action, Fire Nation, and head over to eofire.com slash choose get your free book, just that little shipping and handling with those $200 worth of bonuses as well that he went through. Absolutely incredible. And Ryan, give us a final piece of advice before we say goodbye today. You know, John, you talk about taking action and, um, you know, I see the big, big, a big mistake that first time entrepreneurs make is they spend a lot of time thinking and not enough time doing. So this is my final piece of advice for everyone listening to this right now. Remember this, you don't have to get it perfect. You just have to get it going. And the best time to get it going is right here, right now, today. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with RL and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com slash choose. Take action. Don't wait. Make it happen, Fire Nation. Get the book, the hardcover, plus all those bonuses delivered to your doorstep. It's going to be awesome. And Ryan, thank you, brother, for sharing your value bombs with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed today's value bomb content from Ryan Levesque. And my only call to action today is this. His content is great. His value bombs are real. Head over to eofire.com slash choose. Make it happen before this limited time offer is gone forever. And I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, at eofire.com slash choose. Or I'll catch you on the flip side. Successful entrepreneurs take advantage of tools that do things more efficiently. And when it comes to hiring, the tool to use is ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.